Hello and welcome. My guests are Vandervals, a duo consisting of Brian Billings and Andrew Parsagian. They've just put out their first release, a self-titled EP of four tracks. I met with Vandervals in Parsagian's home studio, where I spoke to them and was treated to an exclusive performance. Here's the lovely bandit from this session. Just playing together for several hours, 
um, it could start with a, with a single chord or like a chord progression that we then build on or a melody. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it really is. Well, it depends on what the song needs mm-hmm. or what direction it feels like would be good for it to go and then follow that process mm-hmm. and trust that. And you mentioned some of your older songs, and I'm wondering, because you both had uh, solo projects in the past, and I'm wondering what you make of that music now. Um, I have a lot that's unreleased. Um, it just was never recorded in, in the right form. Um, and I think it's good. I think it's definitely influenced a lot of what we're doing now in a good way. Um, but it's, right now, I'm really it's great to work with Brian excellent ideas and it helps me to, to come up with them. I think are interesting ideas as well and the songs the way we work and given our backgrounds um, they fuse well together and create something pretty interesting and unique I, uh, I I happen to put mine out my older songs and at the time I, I put them out I really loved them I thought they were really nice songs and I thought they represented what I wanted to do at the time. And since then I've wanted to dislike the songs, but each time I go back to them, I, I, I really like them. Um, and, and many of my friends still really like that music as well. And it's, it's something I don't want to like as much because I feel like I've changed a lot as a songwriter and as a musician and um, what I'd like to do in terms of my songwriting. But I still really do love those old songs, and they, they feel really nice. Do you think you'll ever uh, like bring those back with the new project, or are they just in the past? Well, I mean, I would be happy to play mine. Um, we've thought of playing some of your old ones. Yeah. The thing is, we have, we've been writing a lot of songs um, over the last couple of years that we would like to, or I would like to at least, put into a, some sort of final form and to record. We started doing all that. Um, but there are a lot of bits and pieces of ideas which I think are really good that I would like to to hear that what we sort of came up to get with together in the process of playing in particular or seeing how an idea would reach its where it wants to go and uh, and yet those haven't found the proper form of a song yet um, but there are a lot of neat neat bits and pieces that could find a home somewhere. Do you think there will be more releases in the near future? I hope so. Hope so. <laughs> we have, to make we have something in mind now um, that's like kind of a, like a multi-part song. So, you know, concept song, <laughs> right? So it's, it's a single, you know, one song and then there's a compliment to it, you know, kind of like a, it's like a suite or something, but it's a, it's a rock song. <laughs> so hopefully that will be done. So, mm-hmm. uh, so with all the songs you've been working on, there are only four on the EP. So, how did you pick these four songs? Uh, we worked to record them. We really um, spent time um, choosing the right sounds and producing them together. And I engineered and um, recording them properly. So, we figured that those are the ones that uh, we should choose to record, and those are the ones that we spent the time to find that, that form just as professional. Mm-hmm. The other ones are more just for us to get ideas or sketches and not really ready to, to put out. Mm-hmm. So those are in pretty good shape, that's what we 
also felt with these these particular four songs, these four songs worked well, kind of as a as a group. Um, the way they are in the EP, there's practical kind, which starts off with this it's really it's the simplest song really in terms of structure and uh, like harmonic progression, all these things. It's the simplest of the tracks, and it starts off that way. And I feel like you know all the tracks together really kind of represent what we were trying to do musically at the time um, and then it goes from lovely bandit and to me it gets it gets like gradually more complex in terms of structure and like harmonic progression and just musically more complex and even in terms of message and stuff like that it gets more complex as the EP rolls on so I just thought those four songs worked really well together um, they are all of like a similar tempo and kind of mood which we've talked about in there's an advantage and a disadvantage to that, but I, I happen to think the four songs out of the many that we had, those four worked really well to represent what we were trying to do musically. So I agree. And um, there are a lot of other songs which are quite different styles, different tempos that, uh, that haven't uh, made to EP. Mm. Which may be on <laughs> the concept sounds <laughs> Um, you, so you recorded the whole thing here, right? In your home studio? Mm -hmm. All here. And why is that instead of going to what we do? We don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good enough reason. Yeah, it's, it's money and also like, I mean personally I feel like this is an EP mm -hmm. and the most important thing is that people are hearing your music in whatever, you know, form it happens to be. Mm -hmm. I mean we happen to have a lot of really nice equipment here that we could use. Mm -hmm. um, so, apart from the money thing, the sound we've been able to get and the recording quality we've been able to get within this room is, is great, I think. Um, yeah, we've worked hard to use what we have in, in the studio. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's pretty successful, given what it is. Um, yeah, it'd be great to, to go and do it in a mall again in a, in a big fancy studio. But, um, we got the right feel for these songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really like intimate space. <laughs> Neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> was that a problem at all? No. Uh, really. Not really. Yeah. There was sometimes like it helps the writing process. <laughs> there were times you'd, you'd record something and there would definitely be a noise in the background that you didn't want there. Or there's a trumpet player who lives not far away from here. It's really great, but sometimes that like that's in the recording. Really? Yeah. So it just plays and <laughs> plays right out the window. I think. Yeah. So. Your mala coming through. <laughs> and do you? Does that really frustrate you, or you just kind of leave it and just consider it part of the experience? Well, I found that most of the time, I mean, as you're mixing the track and stuff, it is like inaudible. Mm -hmm. You can't really hear it. But certainly there are times like I'm trying to think of an example. Actually, there was a parade one day, and it was really, really loud. Like, that would be a day, like, you couldn't record anything at all, because there was, there was a parade. <laughs> so, that's all. <laughs> Brooklyn 
so there's a hint of like uh, there's you know electronic beats on here. Uh, uh, well, it sound sounds, sounds cool. Sounds it, good. It does sound we cool. Like we also don't have a drummer, <laughs> <laughs> so so we didn't record it in a studio because we don't have money, and we didn't we <laughs> we use a lot of electronic drums mainly because we like the sound, but also because we don't have a drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, on one of the songs, which I think is probably the most successful, like electronic drum stuff, is on Black and Cuffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andrew's cousin helped us program those. So that those are a little more nuanced, and I think that that works really well as electronic percussion. Mm-hmm. But and it, and it's just nice. I, I happen to like electronic music, mm-hmm. um, and it's definitely part of the sound. Like I, I want that as part of our sound. Mm-hmm. So. We wanted it, or I wanted it, we talked about it, as something that has somewhat of a modern flavor, whatever that means, so that it's not sort of timeless or classic, classic. but has something that um, that could feel contemporary. Mm-hmm. And But mostly just because it feels good, those beats feel really good with these kinds of sounds over them and Brian's singing and uh, the way the songs, um, the songs came together when we found those beats in a way that had True. And that really gave him a lot of power. Um, and you mentioned somebody who helped you come in for, or to make the beat. So I'm wondering about the musicians you had come in and record certain parts. Like you know, there's a female vocalist that's in the track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maddie, uh, Maddie Wyatt, um, friend of ours, is a singer, musician. She also taught at, at the music camp, camps that we taught at. And so we realized that the tracks really could use um, had female parts. That was an important part of how those songs were coming together. So we invited her to come over, and she just did a fantastic job. She's a great musician. Yeah, she has a really beautiful voice. Um, and I'm trying to think of what else to say. More about Matt. What about Natty? Yeah. Um, I mean, she just I think works perfectly for these songs, like the quality of her voice. Um, so she was a, she was kind of an obvious choice to pull in to have for, for that tune. We tried like several different things. We had a lot of our friends come over and see if they could sing them, but I think always we knew who we would like to choose for those things, and it was a matter of getting them here. And Martin Zimmerman, who, who programmed the electronic drums on Black and Cups and stuff, I always I saw his band play um, in Brooklyn almost two years ago, I guess. And he was playing drums for that band, and I really liked what he was doing. His band called Bobby. Yeah, his band called Bobby, and it was just really minimal. He wasn't overplaying, and he was really listening to the musicians he was with. Um, And I thought, oh, if he could do something similar in terms of electronic drums. And he seemed really sensitive to sound, so I thought he'd be really nice to have as a drummer. That was actually the only person we've ever had as a drummer. We had him play real drums one time too. <laughs> he's broken his collar, <laughs> collarbone, so he's in recovery. Yeah. And Maddie has her own band, so she doesn't <laughs> play with us. <laughs> and we never had a bass player. <laughs> yeah, we never had a bass player. So, but I've experience with classical music, and I'm wondering uh, how, if at all, that affects your writing. Um. Actually, I think if I were just to say one thing about the whole classical music having some type of influence on the music now, um, I don't think it has a whole lot to do with the way I play. 
but I think it has a, has a lot more to do with like the way I listen to the music that we're playing together. Mm-hmm. So for instance, even like in rehearsals that we've had where we're practicing songs, you know, working towards a performance, um, to me at least, uh, as I'm listening to them, the things I choose for us to work on are, like I learned those things from being a classical musician and playing in guitar quartets and playing with chamber playing in chamber ensembles so when we when we rehearse together um, you know there are times where we're doing things that I would do as a classical musician working with other classical musicians where we'll work on dynamics together most of the time in our performances we're very we're very tight in the sense that you know we're not tripping over each other at all we tend to align well and I think it's because we rehearse that way that's and we have that training as classical musicians that is part of that study of how to work and how to practice. Mm-hmm. That's so it's a very particular thing. It's useful. It's a good way to, to bring it together for this music. And in dynamics, too. I think like one thing we've talked a lot about is we, we see a lot of rock bands. I saw a rock band uh, last weekend, and they were really good, but the whole time they were playing, it was... It was it was just loud, <laughs> you know. So they came out, and from the second they came on stage to the moment they left, everything was just at one dynamic level. It was all at the same volume. It was just loud, and there was something appealing about it. But there was no subtlety, and it was um, it just isn't the way I want to play. So I'm hoping that our our live performances and our recordings have a little more um, just variation in terms of that, in terms of dynamics than. Um, than others do because I think it's something rock musicians don't oftentimes think about they just they just play loud (laughs) Um, I also grew up playing classical piano um, and was trained to be a classical pianist was on that track and and when I in my teenage years I started fell in love with rock and roll and I pretty much taught myself how to how to play different songs, different instruments. Um, and I'm mostly keyboard player, but other instruments as well. So, um, and I've always some of the rhyme, what Brian was saying. I just love fell in love with rock and roll, and I love it, and it's great. And we also he didn't mention this, but he's a really good jazz guitarist as well. So that I think that's an influence on both of our writing as well. Um, but and it's a lot of a lot of it is not really. Um, it more it comes through in experimentation rather than intentionally using a process or getting too academic about it. Um, it's more important that the song again has a flow to it that might be influenced by those ideas, but it's not necessarily um, an attempt to do something in some really rigid way because that was something that we can influence by before because you're trained in a certain way. I'll speak for myself anyway. It's more about maybe this way in which Beethoven would do something in Brahms or somebody like that would do it, would work in a way that could help this song and could help these rock and roll in general go in a different direction, do something that's quite interesting. So I think, um, I hope that the influence comes through in a really natural way that is about creating unique music rather than looking over our shoulder at things. 
So we'll talk about some of the songs, like uh, To Brooklyn, which isn't on the EP. Why is that? Well, I mean, we talked a little bit about how the four songs yeah, yeah. we currently have work well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we we talked a little bit about how each of the four songs we feel found a place mm-hmm. in terms of as a recording. And to Brooklyn, we haven't really hit that place yet, so mm-hmm. we don't have a really fantastic recording of it. Um, and I, I just think, you know, as a song, it, it's it's meant for something else. Mm-hmm. It's also a song we wrote before any of the ones that are on the EP, and I think it's, at least for me, it's, it's really easy to get attached to the newer stuff you're writing, and kind of just throw the old stuff by the wayside <laughs> and dismiss it as, like, not that great, or, oh, we're working on stuff that's so much more interesting, but as we kept writing, we would always go back to that song, it's like, oh, such a great song, it's really one of the first tunes we wrote together, so, you know, it didn't make it to the EP, maybe because it wasn't new enough, we didn't have a great recording, but it will definitely be on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the song Winter, it kind of seems to address like climate change, but in a very apolitical way. Was that just a natural feeling for you, or am I completely misinterpreting? Well, <laughs> I, I think it's like. Is it matter? Yeah. So we were here on break, mm-hmm. and Martin was here. So I was gonna say actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You want to tell it? Well, yeah. Okay, so, got it. so <laughs> it was the day. It was the day we actually were with Martin Zimmerman programming all the drums for Black and Cops, mm-hmm. and we'd spent a whole day in this room, so like ten hours, and everyone was really tired, and we'd all eaten a bunch of mixed nuts and it was just we all wanted to go home but I just started singing that actually as we were all leaving just kind of joking around and singing about like climate change because that particular year that was 2012 there was no winter it didn't snow once in New York and and I was wishing it would snow because I love the winter and I feel really comfortable so I started singing those lines like I'm out it's January picking up the flowers the verses. Um, yeah, the verses. So I sang those verses, and a- Andrew started playing along with them. And at first, it was just kind of a joke, but we were actually like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." So within within like a few days, actually, Andrew had sat here. He, he was by himself, and he he came up with the choruses, um, and they happened to fit really well. So the verses started off as a joke, which is really nice, and then the choruses fit really nicely, and we came up with an outro and a lot of really beautiful ambient sounds. But yeah, it deals it deals with climate change <laughs> in, a, in a very like unpolitical way, mainly just because I missed winter. Mm-hmm. I really like so winter. So you weren't trying to make a statement or anything? No, not at all. No, it was just like, it was, it was missing winter and I <laughs> wish it would come. It came this year mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, even, even the end, like, there's only water. You know, there's nothing deep about it. It's just kind of, it's just rain. <laughs> Although the or chorus, the ice caps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I took Brian's ideas from the from those recordings mm-hmm. of, of the lyrics for the uh, the verses. So when I was working on the chorus, I tried to just bring it together as a as a complete story, but it was intentionally ambiguous, and yet it could be a lot of different things because mm-hmm. it couldn't just be a kid song, mm-hmm. and yeah. yet you know it has to be sort of meaning. So that part was intentional that it would most intentionally be a lot of different things and uh, 
Yeah. It's, um, some, it some goes a lot of directions and it has a lot to say. Some people hear it and think we're talking about like a girl we really wish would come back. <laughs> it's not the case with people. <laughs> but um, yeah, I also think it's out of all the tunes that I've come to like it the most mm-hmm. on the EP. It's very, you know, it really travels. It has a great trajectory. It has a really nice story. Um, it has so many people involved as well. Like vocally too, it's just really, really beautiful. That's like I started and Maddie comes in, Andrew comes in, and then during the outro, it's a bunch of us mm-hmm. singing. So it's really cool. I think it's a great song. But, but yeah, not like, not assigned to one, you know, party. Mm-hmm. And at, at the beginning, you're, I almost didn't recognize your voice because I feel like you don't usually, I don't know, your singing's like a little bit different. Did you, do you agree with that? Or It is, yeah. Andrew I thought it was Andrew for a second. Right. Um, Andrew and I have talked a lot about it just in terms of like what it means to be a vocalist and a, you know, a good vocalist. And I think the most important um, thing that I've learned from doing this that I did not learn when I was younger doing the other music I was making, but is that I, I really just wanted to find my own voice for this particular type of music. Um, and that I, I tried my best to keep all, all influence aside. So any vocalist that was really inspired by or really loved listening to, I, I left it at that. Like they're someone I enjoy. Um, so I spent the time just trying to find my own voice. And what was important through that process was, can my listener hear um, what I'm trying to say? Like, that was very, very simple. Like, um, when I'm singing, can, can people understand my words? Um, and just trying to be as direct as I can about the delivery without any, you know, like, you know, there's no glitter, there's yeah. no glamour involved. It's just, um, hopefully, just a straight vocal line that people can connect with and that is somehow mine. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want any influence. Mm-hmm. And this was recorded like a little over a year ago. It's up on there, so it's like a delay to finally put it out. Um, been busy. He's been, <laughs> we've been doing different things, teaching, both teachers. Um, a lot of reasons, but we're, we're doing it now, and, and it's a good thing. Are you like really excited to finally just have it out just so long? Does it, I am. Does it feel like a big thing? Yeah, it feels good. I just hope people hear it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that feels good. We just, yeah, I guess that's, we've done that that part by putting it out there. I just hope that, you know, folks listen to it or come across it somehow and that, you know, they enjoy it. I don't mind taking the time. Yeah.